you're tuning in to the Chief Hustler Podcast, where we will shatter the status quo and propel change-making women to redefine their career on their own terms. I'm your host, Amber, and we will focus on empowering women to not only be heard, but valued. The show will surface and resurface the topics that often go unaddressed in today's male-dominated industries and corporate cultures. We're here to reframe what it means to be a successful woman at work and relentlessly strive for excellence in everything we do. Let's get started. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chief Hustler Podcast. I'm Amber, and today I wanted to talk to you about an interesting article that I read last week and and really kind of unpack that and give you some thoughts and some ideas around how you, wherever you find yourself, can start to be kind of a force to be reckoned with when it comes to your career. So I will link this in the show notes, but I read this article by the Wall Street Journal last week. It came out October 18th, and it says, Where Women Fall Behind at Work, The First Step into Management. And the subtitle says, Well before the glass ceiling, women run into obstacles to advancement. Even the odds early in their careers would have a huge impact. And this article essentially goes on to describe some of the reasons behind why there seems to be this very interesting difference between women in entry-level positions versus women who start to hold a manager title. And the percentage points significantly fall of the mixture and gender between women in leadership roles, starting with a manager title versus an entry-level employee. And here is the most interesting stat of all of it that I found to be incredibly moving for me. And it says, though women and men enter the workforce in roughly equal numbers, men outnumber women nearly two to one when they reach that first step up. In real numbers, that will translate to more than 1 million women across the U.S. corporate landscape getting left behind at the entry level over the next five years as their male peers move on and upward, perpetuating a shortage of women in leadership roles. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have known by now that the women in leadership roles, particularly at executive or C-suite level, is incredibly small across corporations. And that is certainly something that we should continue to, to think about and to keep top of mind. But the reality is that in order to change that number, we have to change the percentage of women represented at every single level before that one. And so what this article is highlighting is that it doesn't happen in the middle of your career. It doesn't happen, you know, going from director to VP or director to senior director. It happens at the beginning of your career, that first people leader promotion or that first promotion with a manager title. And the reality is that not every manager title involves leading people or leading a team, but that manager title carries a lot of weight with regards to setting the tone for the rest of your career when it comes to getting other leadership roles. And so it's interesting to see that this article highlights, you know, that being kind of the pitfall and what separates men from women by the numbers. When I scroll down to look through some of the reasons why there's a disparity, it got even more interesting. And this is really ultimately what I want to talk to you about. There were kind of three or four different elements of why there seems to be a disparity um, that they have data on. One bucket was this idea that women are just judged by different standards, which is certainly true in a lot of different ways. 
Another one is there are too few qualified women in the pipeline. And that's definitely one that we can unpack and we can continue to dive into in future episodes, but not the one I necessarily want to focus on today. And then the other two, women are leaving the workforce at higher rates than men and women are less likely to aspire in management than men. Those are actually kind of the smallest when you talk about the numbers. It's not really a driving reason as to why there's a disparity. But the one I found to be the most interesting is ultimately what I want this conversation to be about today is women have fewer sponsors at work championing them for advancement. For me, I interpret that as there aren't other people or there aren't people in leadership who have positions of power who vote for that woman or vote for those women when it really counts, when it really matters. And that's the part I want to unpack today, which is by asking you a question of, do you even know what a sponsor is? For a long time, there has been conversations around mentorship. And mentorship is super important. In fact, it is the stepping stone for sponsorship. But far and wide, when you look at studies and when you look at how men tend to ascend through an organization versus how women tend to climb, the difference is in sponsorship. And that is ultimately what this data is showing, is that women don't have enough sponsors in the organization to help pull them up when it really, really matters. And so that's what I want to deep dive today is sponsorship. What is it? How do you get it? Where to go get it? Who do you go get it from? And what it could look like for you. Telling you some tangible, practical steps that you can take as soon as getting off this podcast to start to lay the groundwork for being in a position of getting a sponsor. Now, the truth is, is that if you were to look at sponsors, there, there are few of them in general in an organization than there are mentors. That's just the reality. And I'm going to spend the front half of this podcast kind of decoding the difference between them. And there's actually one in the middle, which is advocacy. I'm actually going to decode each of those things. And then we're going to then talk through how do you actually lay the groundwork through mentorship to start being in a position where you could start to have conversations around sponsorship. So mentorship is when there's someone in the organization that is likely in a leadership role and they can be in your function or somewhere else in the organization where you guys meet, be it for coffee, for dinner, or over lunch, and you kind of talk about how are you doing, what's going on. And it ends up starting off as a fairly topical thing. Sometimes it can start off as a, hey, I have a problem. I need to talk to somebody. But in often cases, it's it's pretty much, you know, how can I help you? How can I guide you? How can I give you advice? And the reality, the biggest difference between mentorship, advocacy, and sponsorship is that mentorship often happens behind closed doors, meaning you have a relationship with a leader in the organization, but it is likely not, it is maybe not known across the organization that this person is actually helping guiding you. But it also means that that they may not, they won't be taking any real action on their behalf to help you. They're going to be kind of essentially like a coach on the sidelines, you know, but you're still, you're, if I were to use a basketball analogy, you, you're still, you're still playing the game, right? You're, you're still the point guard on the floor. You're playing the game. They're the coach on the sideline. They're giving you advice, but they're not necessarily in it with you so to speak. They have a lot of experience and a lot of expertise, but you know, they're not going to get on the line and run suicides with you. They're going to, they're going to just tell you to run suicides, right? That's kind of 
really the foundation of a mentor. And then you step into advocacy and the difference between someone who's an advocate for you and someone who is a mentor for you is an advocate is someone who is also in a position of power or leadership in your organization. They're actually going to use their position of power to put your name on the table or in the hat for projects, you know, just interesting opportunities. Then the final kind of pinnacle of what we call mentorship is sponsorship. And the difference between sponsorship and the other two is that sponsorship is really about someone actually telling the company that you're actually worth investing in. And that often means time, but more than anything, money. And sponsorship typically revolves around the organization as a whole saying, we're willing to invest in your graduate school education. We want to invest in your certification for some special, you know, skill set. They're also going to potentially create new roles for you. They may also put you in a position of leadership with a high, with high kind of risk and stakes and basically saying, we're willing to bet on you with money that you're going to be successful. That is the fundamental difference between the three is a mentor is great. And and they're really the people that are going to help you navigate the world behind kind of closed doors. They're going to give you advice. They're going to guide you, but they're not actually going to kind of what I would call meddle or get involved in your day to day. An advocate may actually start to get involved, but still somewhat passively. They are going to read the room and they know in the back of their head that there may be a big project coming up in the next six months. And so they're, they're going to start kind of plotting and strategizing as to how the different ways that, that your name can be brought up so that they can co-sign and endorse you. And that's, that's essentially what they're doing is someone else in the room has brought up your name and they're going to be there to endorse you. And because they have a great uh, position of power or realm of influence, they're going to, they're going to vouch for you. They said, yeah, they're going to say, yeah, I also agree that this person can do this job. I think it'd be great if we position them that way. And while an advocate is trying to kind of navigate um, kind of behind closed doors at an executive level or at a leadership level. They're also probably coaching you mentor style to say, hey, I need you to, I'm going to go make sure that if your name comes up that I vouch for you. But in order for me to do that, I may need these two or three things from you. Like, you you know, you need to make sure that you kill it on the project that you're already working on. You make sure that you need to make sure that every single person, every single key stakeholder that you meet with, um, that you report out on your project for, you know, you make sure that you really kill it with your presentation, that you're on your P's and Q's. And they're going to give you that guidance all while still working in the background to co-sign or endorse you when your name comes up. And then sponsorship really is about that. They're not waiting for anybody to bring up your name. They're going to leadership. They're going to their peers and and giving your name, giving up your name. And nine times out of 10, they're going to stick their neck out and say, I personally mentor this person. I've seen this person's work. I know what this person is capable of. We need to do this. We need to make, create this level of investment for this person. Now, I know that that's a lot. And so... The reality is that you're not you're not going to walk into work tomorrow and go get a sponsor. Unless you've already laid the groundwork and you have mentorship and advocacy, you're probably not going to have a sponsor. But you can start to lay the groundwork today to set yourself up to get a sponsor in the near future. And this is this is what it looks like. It starts off by first getting a mentor. 
And so if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have someone in your work environment that you do not report to, that can guide you and give you sound advice about navigating the organization, we need to start there. And the way we start there is me asking you, who in your organization do you truly respect and you believe has something about them that you feel like you can learn from? Because it's one thing to have people that you respect in the organization, but if if they don't, if, if for instance, if, if you're in marketing and the person you really respect is in finance, unless you're trying to go to a finance organization, it may not always be the best thing to, to leverage somebody in finance to be your mentor. But it's very real that if you are in a, um, in a certain business unit and you want coaching from somebody in marketing, and that's a skill you want to gain, it may be worth your time to actually go get a mentor in marketing. Or if there's somebody that's in your function that isn't your direct boss, but somebody other than that, that you can go to, that you just really aspire to be, whether they hold the title you want, or they have just a really interesting background or experience you 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 want to talk through, those are all valid reasons. But essentially, you, you need to go find somebody in the organization that you respect and that you would be willing to meet with outside of a, a work day, meaning in a different capacity, to get some mentorship from. Now, how do you actually go get access to that person? Well, if you already know the person, meaning that person knows your name and that person has seen you, and if you were just like casually walking down the hallway, they would acknowledge you by first name, then I recommend or encourage you to look at your calendar. You have two options and you could do them together. You could, you could pick one. But what I would recommend is if you know that you have an upcoming meeting with that person face-to-face And even if it's a group meeting, meaning there are going to be other people in the room, leverage the fact that you're already going to be interacting with that person to pull that person aside at the end of the meeting and say, hey, you know what? I've been really giving it some thought. I really want to take my career to the next level. And I really respect and value, you know, everything that you do every day. And I'd really love if we could just grab coffee and chat. Nine times out of 10, they may, they're probably going to say yes. And you can use that as an easy way to get in and then say, okay, great. Sounds good. I'm going to, you know reach out to your admin and find some time in your calendar to to grab coffee. And that's all. That's it. And then you get to go back to your desk, write that email to their admin and say, hey, I just talked to so-and-so in the hallway. Can you help me find 30 minutes on my calendar? The other option is that if you don't see a meeting on your calendar in the coming weeks, and obviously we're getting into holiday time, so maybe it's worth to send an email. Wouldn't necessarily be my preferred or recommended way, but you can always send an email if they actually know you. I would maybe even suggest there's a third option, which is if if you feel really, um, (laughs) if you're feeling really confident and ambitious, maybe you stop by their office and just see if you can catch them for five quick minutes to start the conversation and essentially ask them much of the same thing, which is, hey, can we go get coffee? Now, on the flip side, if the person actually doesn't know your name yet, meaning if you walk down the hallway they and if you smile, they may not actually wave and say hi, you need to lay the groundwork. And so you need to think about who else in the organization do you know that that person also knows that they can help connect you. And that's kind of where this secondary step comes in. And who is it that director? Is it even your boss? It could totally be your boss. But someone else in the organization that you know knows that person and you can start that connection through them. And essentially, you would be going to that person and say, hey, I'd really love to connect with so-and-so. Can you help me? Can you help me get some FaceTime with this person? Or is there any time that you're meeting with this person in the upcoming weeks? Can you can you help me, you know, connect with them? Essentially, you want to find that path. 
to getting on that person's calendar and having coffee. And the reason why I say having coffee is because your first meeting with them is never going to be like super deep or transformational. It's going to be, you know, informative. It's going to be kind of laying the groundwork. Think of it as any other relationship, getting to know a friend, getting to know a significant other. It's, it, it is in a lot of ways like dating, like as your relationship grows with your mentor, that mentor typically ends up doing a couple of things for you, you know, guiding you and helping you navigate your day-to-day careers. You come up against challenges and things like that. And they probably have two other options. One of which is once they know enough about you and once they've gathered a perspective on the type of work that you do and the type of skills that you offer and the asset that you are to the company, they're either going to eventually become an advocate for you and start to use their position of power to to vote for you and to co-sign for you, or they're going to say, I know another great person in the organization that I really feel like you'd benefit from knowing, and they're going to help connect you. And if If either two of those options end up being outcomes from the relationship of knowing this person, you couldn't ask for a better outcome. The reason for that is because ultimately, beyond actually having a sponsor, getting buy-in from leadership in an organization is all about who you know. Granted, once you know that person, you've got to deliver and you've got to prove yourself by the body of work that, by the quality of work that you deliver and, you know, the assets that you bring and the skill sets that you bring to the company. But ultimately, that work is not going to go anywhere unless you know people. And so mentorship really is the internal networking that you need to do in an organization to get your name out there. And so laying the groundwork by getting a mentor is the foundation to even being in a position to have a conversation about how do you get a sponsor. And so if you don't have a sponsor today, really think about over the next week or so, who is it in your organization that you really look up to, that you really respect, that you would want to have coffee with? Because it's going to require you to probably get a little bit honest and authentic, and it's going to require that from them as well. And you want to make sure that this person is somebody that you really would want to spend time with. And once you send that email or find them outside of that meeting or chat with them outside of their office. You got to get the time on their calendar. That's the next step, right? You identify your person, you get buy-in that they, that you can actually get time with them on their calendar to have coffee. And then you actually got to go have the meeting. You got to go have the meeting. And this is, this is the most critical step, you know, beyond identifying somebody and actually getting somebody to sit, spend time with you, making sure that that time is valuable for both you and them is critical, is so important. And so, These are the things that I want you to do. I want you to write down ahead of time the two to three things that you want to talk about in this meeting. Really making sure that you are staying focused and intentional about their time. And before you even get into the things that you want to talk about, you want to first start by thanking them for their time. You know, so something like, Hey, thank you so much for meeting with me for coffee. I really admire, you know, and respect all of the great work that you do around here. I figured it would be good to just get coffee as I'm really interested to learn more about you. And you can start there and see where the conversation goes. And as the conversation evolves, and I always like to get a get a better understanding. I mean, of course, you can research the heck out of the person through news or LinkedIn, you know, or whatever internal publications that your company offers. But hearing it from them is always really great and authentic. And once you get a feel for them, you know, my I would imagine that they're also going to create an opportunity to get to know you a little bit more. And so 
that's always a great opportunity that if you um, feel so inclined to, I wouldn't say bring your resume, but you may want to bring that presentation you or that project that you just worked on via a presentation or a portfolio or something interesting, you know, because if they don't know you, you want to, you want to show them a body of work to help connect the dots. If they do know you, you can probably skip that step, but you really want to make sure that you paint a very clear picture of who it is that you are. And in order for you to do that, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you bring to the table. I wouldn't necessarily spend your time talking about where you graduated per se, but make sure that if you want if, if you want them to know that you've got this degree that'll add value or you have this skill set that will add value, make sure you highlight that. And then make sure that you highlight the one or two projects that you've worked on recently and how you've added value. Like, hey, I did this for this project and this is the value that that brought or this is the cost reduction or this is, you know, how much revenue it drove or whatever the case may be. You know, get to know them a little bit more. Talk about who you are and what you bring and, you know, address, you probably won't get to all of the things that you wrote down, but even if you address one of them, you want to make sure that you end that conversation in a way such that you can say something like, you know, I really enjoyed our time today. If it's okay, I would really love to meet with you on an ongoing basis. You know, it could be quarterly or monthly, you know, whatever works for your schedule and leave it up to them to kind of give it back to you to say, what would that meeting cadence look like? And then of course, you're going to smile inside you're going to say thank you and you're going to walk away. And before you do anything, you want to make sure that you, if they have an admin, that you go back to that admin and you make sure that you get those reoccurring meetings scheduled. And that'll be the start to you getting a mentor, which ultimately will help you build advocacy. If, if somebody is at the table that will vouch for you, it at least puts your name in the hat for the opportunity. The problem I see is that so many women with so many incredible skills, their names aren't even on the table. Because no one knows you to that fidelity. No one knows you to that level that can actually vouch for you or is willing to vouch for you. And so if having someone in a, in a capacity that has enough power to put your name on the table is so important. And if you start by just getting a mentor, it'll be the foundation for starting to change the narrative so that we don't have one million women over the next five years being left behind and don't get manager titles or get promoted. So if you don't have a mentor, I hope that you found the steps and the breakdown of the differences helpful for you to actually go take steps to get a mentor. If you have a mentor and the relationship doesn't quite look the way in which I described, or you have something different, I encourage you to reevaluate that relationship and think through how do you take it to the next level or find that mentorship through someone else in your organization. And lastly, if you have a mentor and it's working out great and you're starting to get the support and the buy-in from that person and the broader leadership team, go get another mentor. Keep doing the things that you're doing and then put together a plan and go get another mentor. I don't think that you can, I think you can certainly have too many people that you're interacting with, but there's nothing wrong with having a few mentors that you go to for different things. And that's it for today. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Chief Hustler Podcast, where we are focused on propelling change-making women to redefine their careers on their own terms. I hope that with this episode, we've had another opportunity together to reframe what it means to be a successful woman at work and relentlessly strive for excellence in everything you do. As always, I want to thank you for your time as it is your most valuable possession. And there are always a few ways that you can support this podcast. First, by following the Chief Hustler. I would really love that you become a part of this community by starting to comment on posts and sharing your experiences with me. It's always great to hear from each of you, and I would love to know more. And if you really want to take your contribution to this community to the next level, please share. 
Sharing with other women in this world who need to hear the message is so very important. And sharing in a way that is authentic to you through your Instagram stories and tagging me is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for your time today. Keep hustling. Until next time. Bye.